0: Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Full Chiefs recap from the Chiefs. 48-9 to victory yesterday over the Las Vegas Raiders. Second time we've played them this year. Second time we've scored more than 40 points and an absolute beatdown. At Arrowhead Stadium, Um, this game was pretty much destined to be a blowout from the very first play from scrimmage. The Raiders fumbled, and I believe Mike Hughes picked it up and scored. And what I believe is his first start of the year due to the tragedy that LeJaria Sneed uh, suffered. Sad news coming out uh, on Sunday, but um, Mike Hughes, real quick before we get into it. What a day he had, led the defensive tackles, eight solo tackles yesterday. If, we, if you told me to get that from Mike Hughes, Johnny, I'd laugh in your face. Um, but this, this, this is going to be a fun episode because there's a lot of positivity and not a lot of negativity. And with that, I'm bringing on my good friend Johnny Rowe back for another victory Sunday, Monday, excuse me, Johnny, how are we doing, buddy?
1: Taylor, I'm doing so well and I'm so fired up. And, you know, we're, we are as mega Chiefs fans, as super fans, we are like in a relationship with this team that some people, others just don't understand. And so, like, going through the whole season, like, when they piss you off, like, you yell and scream and question them and you say, say things that hate, hurtful things. <laughs> I believe in the past, I've said that Mike Hughes is a fucking bum. Well, you know what? Mike Hughes had eight solo tackles, and he had two forced fumbles and a fumble picked up for a touchdown. Mike Hughes is in line for the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He had an amazing game. And that fumble that he took in on the first play of the game was uh, jarred loose on a tackle by Jaron Reed, another guy who I've ripped on this show who's played amazing the All last right. three weeks, mm-hmm. the three, three games. Man, I'm doing so well. It's a great victory Monday and um the Chiefs are rounding into form at such a great time in two games this season. The Chiefs have outscored the Raiders 89 to 23. 89 to 23. I hope that, you know, uh I hope the Raiders just lose every game the rest of the year and every game for the rest of eternity. I can't fucking stand the Raiders. I hate that shit they did before the game. You know, this is a team that's lost four of five coming into this game, right? They had lost four of five. Head coach dismissed from the team. He resigned over um emails. And then uh Henry Ruggs, drunken, uh drunk driving incident, killed someone. He's off the team. Damon Arnett, one of their other first-round picks, got dismissed from the team for basically threatening to kill fans on his Instagram Live or whatever live it was. I mean, this is a team in total shambles, and I still hope they lose every game going forward. They had to go through the measures of Yannick Ngakwe, a guy who's been on their team just this year. Like, he's been on the team for one year. It's not like he's some leader in, in on the team. He's been on the team for one year. He has to rally this team together on the Chiefs logo at the 50-yard line pregame to break down their huddle while we're in the locker room, right? So they wouldn't even do this when the Chiefs were on the field. They had to wait for the Chiefs to be off the field and, like, you know, Townsend and Butker and Winchester are the only guys on the field. And then they go break it down on our logo on the 50-yard line just to find some way to fire themselves up because they knew damn well they were going to get the brakes beaten off of them. And what happened from the first play? I mean, not even like the first play Chandler. If you noticed on the kickoff, the initial kickoff goes like halfway into the end zone and their dude was like reluctant to take it out. Whoever their kick returner is hesitates, gets them back to the 25 on the first play, Josh Jacobs fumbles and the Chiefs score. The game was over from right there.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right, Johnny. And, um, (laughs) It's crazy that uh, I forgot to even mention this. I was at I was at the game yesterday, so I actually saw all of this happening um, as as maybe it went to commercial on TV. But yeah, you described it perfectly. Uh, the specialist, shout out the specialist. So actually we can really credit the game to the specialists yesterday because they went in and delivered the message to the team. And uh, obviously they got, they got a little voice power in the locker room as all specialists do and as all specialists should. But yeah, the Raiders, just an absolute classless organization. Um, You know, like why, why would you even do that? Teams that, teams that don't expect to be great do things like that. And that's why you don't see teams like the Chiefs, the Patriots, teams like that do that shit. And teams like the Raiders do. And ultimately it came back and bit them in the ass. And it was great to see. Um, so I guess since we started talking with the, the with the defense, let's get into it on the defensive side of the football. Um, another absolute dominant display, yeah. Um, Chiefs definitely benefited from the Raiders putting the ball on the ground, but a lot of them were fumbles. So that's just the Chiefs going after the football. That's all effort and you'd love to see it. And that shit is contagious, Johnny. Just like we saw with our offense in the beginning of the year, the first five, six weeks, turnovers were contagious. Everybody was putting the ball on the ground. Well, now the roles have completely flipped in these last uh, six weeks. We have – Pat's thrown a couple of interceptions, but not like he was. No fumbles recently, knock on wood. But on the flip side of that, our defense is really creating turnovers right now. A huge turnover last week against the Broncos. More, again, this week against the Raiders. And it's setting the tone for our team, Johnny. I mean, it's just it's just so positive when you create turnovers that it feeds and trickles down into your team. I mean, it was great being at the game yesterday to see what they were doing on the sidelines. They're having so much fun. And I know we've been saying this, but to see it in person, it looks like the chiefs that have championship swagger, Johnny, it's great to see.
1: Yeah, man. And the chiefs are winning. You said this a lot. um, When we were struggling, I agreed the chiefs right now are dominating the line of scrimmage on, uh, especially on defense. Our front four are dominating. the front four of Clark, and um, Jones and Reed and Ingram are just dominating dudes up front. It is awesome. Melvin Ingram is a guy that I thought the Chiefs should have brought in earlier in the, uh, before the season started. They had him for a visit. They let him go. I thought they were going to sign him. He goes to Pittsburgh. And I was pissed off at Veach for that. I, like, I did not understand why that happened. And then he brings him in and he actually pulled a chess move Chandler. He <laughs> trades a sixth round pick and the only salary that we're paying, we're paying like less than a million dollars in salary for the rest of the year for Melvin Gordon or uh, Melvin Ingram. And he is absolutely destroying dudes at the line of scrimmage. It is awesome to watch. And you look at the linebackers, Willie, oh. Gay, Willie Gay is so good and he is everywhere on the field. Nick yes. Bolton had a few more snaps this week. And he did well. He had six total tackles. I'm really looking forward to watching Willie Gay and Nick Bolton as their careers blossom here in Kansas City. But Willie Gay has this trait that I have not seen in Kansas City since prime DJ, since prime Derek Johnson. He has this way to, like, knife into the backfield with athleticism that you just don't see at the linebacker position and he does a great job of doing it. And he's so good at covering guys in the, uh, in the passing game and the flats as well. So I'm so, so excited to see the progress that Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are making. And then the secondary. You don't have LeJarrius Neat, who I would argue is your best cornerback. What happens? Tyron Matthew fills in perfectly in the slot role. It was the least amount of snaps that Ty- uh, Tyron Matthew had in a game this year at free safety. He played the majority of the game in the Sneed role and did a great job. It's just going to be awesome when we get Snead back. Take all the time you need, really, Snead with the with the horrible tragedy. I mean, his, his older brother was stabbed to death for the love of God. I mean, I can't believe that these guys are playing football, but real life happens first. But it was awesome to see the defense rally around um, Legere Sneed and play awesome football without him. And then a guy like Mike Hughes definitely stepped up. Chandler, I'm so pumped to watch this defense um, Week in and week out, and again, to echo the point, I never would have thought that earlier in the year. I was watching pathetic, horrible defense early on, bad coaching, putting guys in positions not to succeed, personnel issues, teams with tempo were getting the Chiefs caught. It's not happening anymore. And it really is a testament to the veteran leadership in Steve Spagnolo. again, a guy who I thought uh, could have been fired. Yeah, and- we like, really, seriously. And I, no, and it's warranted. Look, like, this is a reactionary show. No one's asking you and I, or none of our listeners are expecting you and I to s- predict the future. All we can go off is your most recent game. It's a what have you done for me lately league. So all of our takes are warranted. And it's a win-win for us. When we blast the Chiefs and they do poorly, it makes me feel better, so it's a win. <laughs> when we blast the Chiefs and they do well, I look like an idiot, and the Chiefs are doing good, so I don't care. It's a win-win. I think Spagnolo has the guys keyed up and ready to go, and the entire defense is executing Chandler. It's awesome to watch.
0: Yeah, it really is, and I love what you said about Willie Gay. He stood out to me yesterday. He stood out to me as a guy, as more of a leader than I think we know uh, based on what you see on TV, but when you see him there um, in person, uh, he's getting the boys fired up. They respond to him. He was getting the crowd fired up yesterday. It was good to see, and I hope that, like you said, Derek Johnson did all those things. Great comparison, and especially as a young chief, uh, the kingdom fell in love with Derek Johnson, and rightfully so. I hope this happens for really gay. Um, so I guess we'll move to the offense. Um, kind of, kind of an interesting day, Johnny. I'm gonna be curious to see what you what you think. A lot of the narrative. Um has been I kind of seen today that the Chiefs didn't really do that well on offense yesterday, even having scored 48 points. Um, I saw one I cowherd, no free ads, but cowherd said Mahomes it was lackluster. I I mean 20 for 24, 258 yards and two touchdowns. If you're gonna say that's lackluster, then uh I guess I'll take that every day of the week. Um, yes, I do agree that the Chiefs were put in positions that were highly favorable to them, given the uh, turnovers. But I—I I mean, what do you want them to do? Not accept them? That's just a part of the game. Um, where this team's finding new ways to win. Clyde finds the end zone twice. Um, great to see there, I, Johnny. I might be starting to like Clyde. He's running pretty well back from injury. Um, and I think he needs more carries. I mean, only 10 carries on the day. I am I just – it's tough to get going, and I think he needs to run the ball more. But, um, I mean, the Chiefs executed all day yesterday, spread the ball out pretty well. And this is another thing, Johnny, too, that's a little worrisome. I still don't understand. Travis and Patrick are not on the same page. And um, we've seen it on, we've seen it in every game, saw it yesterday. There were several times where I saw Travis pretty open and Patrick did not find him or hit him. Um, And Travis's body language, even during the win streak, it still looked poor. It it hasn't looked good really since we played Vegas at Vegas. Um, So I don't know what's going on there. But at the end of the day, to sum up, my rant here the Chiefs took advantage of what the defense provided for them, and it ended up in an absolute slaughter Johnny
1: Chiefs offense scored 41 points um I like Colin Cowherd no free ads I honestly I do and like he puts good uh, content out that like regardless of it and regardless of how much he flip-flops you still watch it but um I wouldn't pay too much attention to him saying that. Like he, he in the past has praised Mahomes and said he's he his career will be Brady, Manning, Favre, Elway, at Montana. Okay? And then now it's lackluster. So, like, I, the Chiefs won. It's a, That's all that matters. Chiefs won. And I actually thought Mahomes did some good things. Incredibly efficient, only four incompletions. There was one throw that I cannot get over. He's rolling out to his left, throws it. All the way across field, oh, yeah. the Tyree kill, which was, I think it was like probably, it was probably like a air yards, like a 60-yard throw off his back foot as he's going to his left all the way to his right. He's still got it in the bag, man. Like, it's just different, it's, it just ha- and it has to be. Like, it's a different Chiefs team. They are less explosive all the time. Chief teams are limiting with their defenses, and um, this is this is just how the Chiefs have to be going forward. Clyde, I'm still like, okay, I'm just not, I'm gonna be honest. I'm I, I'm not into Clyde. I was before I broke up with Clyde. It is what it is. If he does good things for the chiefs, that's fine. But him and I are, we're broken up Chandler. Okay. So uh, 10 rushes, 37 yards. Maybe he needs more, but it seems like the chiefs go into games thinking, okay, like we're going to get Clyde going early and he doesn't get going early. First two plays of this game were runs to Clyde that were like three total yards on two rushes yeah. and the chiefs on the first drive went run, run, pass punt, um, which, you know, is the famous Herm Edwards offense that, that he had in Kansas city, the old run, run, pass punt offense. So um, I, maybe they get away from Clyde. Cause I mean, Daryl only had two rushes. They just didn't run, the, run the football very much until the game was out of hand. So uh, the chiefs still scored a lot of points and uh 48 total 41 on offense. If you don't count the, the fumble six, but, Um Travis, okay. How can I say this without like trashing Travis? Like I Travis is maybe getting a dose of father time. Travis from the start of games for the for the for the last three, four games, like maybe besides the Raiders game almost all year, do teams are sending two at Travis and they're not like they're they're beating him up. Like, from the first drive, that first drive, it went run, run, and then a pass to Travis that was incomplete, and he was asking for a flag. I feel like that's happened a lot lately. Like, teams are just telling their D-backs, their linebackers, whoever it is, get your hands on Travis. Frustrate Travis. They know him and Mahomes aren't clicking as much, and it seems like that's kind of getting into it. And the reason I'm saying, like, the father time stuff, I mean, he's, he's over 30. Like, maybe, maybe... He's just starting to kind of lose a step. I'm not saying he's bad, I'm not this or that. But like maybe this is kind of the start of it and the Chiefs are just trying to get other weapons involved. And maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe Mahomes is just throwing it to the open guy. I mean, honestly, maybe he's just throwing it to the open guy more and not trying to force the ball to Travis as much, but it it is a bit concerning that the two of them still aren't seeing Eye to eye. Four four targets, three catches, twenty-seven yards. This is not the Travis Kelsey that we're used to. And besides that Raiders game, uh the previous Raiders game, I don't really remember the last time. I mean, when else has Travis gone off in the last couple of months?
0: I think he had a real I think he had good numbers against Cleveland Johnny, but I think that was that's a like while. Week ago. One? Yeah. So that's it is cause for concern, but no. I actually a hundred percent agree with you um, about both your Travis takes. To start with the first one, uh, he's definitely getting guarded at max alert by other defenses. They are going. They are literally saying he is not beating us. And you're totally right. They beat him up. I actually thought that one was pass interference, but you're not going to get that call. And that was just a defender making an aggressive play on the ball. So I mean, it they're they're clearly trying to disrupt him, and it's working. Um, and I I think a lot of it is his body language is is allowing them to see that it's working, and they're just going to continue to do it. And second, I don't think people realize how old he is. Like I think people are thinking that he's like a late twenties type of guy. He's I think he's thirty two, Johnny. That's old in football years. I mean he's been in the league for a while and I think that you are very right. I think that he, maybe he hasn't lost a step, but he's starting to find it harder and harder to produce at the same level that he's been producing. Um, and, and I mean, I think where you go from here for Travis is you just have to buy into the decoy role. If they're going to do this to you, you just have to take what's there and what's given to you, and you can't really expect more. Like, you you know Patrick can find you, but I will say about – I would say it's more than 70% of the time, Travis is not really open. So it's just not going to be the same type of, of connection, same, t- same type of statistics for Travis, I think, moving forward the rest of his career.
1: So I want to, and I want to make this apparent. Like this is this conversation we're having is a testament to how great of a player he is. To where like a couple of rough games are leading us to have this kind of a discussion. This guy is still he's still put up good numbers. It's just not what we're used to from Travis. And I really think what teams are doing, Chandler, is like at all the film studies, leading leading them to realize, like take play cover too deep. T- don't let Tyreek Hill do his crazy stuff over the top. We'll try to tackle him underneath, right? And then we're just going to not let Mahomes throw the ball to Kelsey. Like that, and then they'll, fi- they'll do the rest. Like, Kelsey is the number one priority to stop. Teams get scared by Tyreek and very well so. But Travis is the go to, and teams are just selling out to stop Travis Kelsey, and it's working. If you go back to earlier in the year, though, when Travis Kelsey and, and in his career, Travis had not had, like, the best games against the Chargers. Earlier this year, he had a great game. He had seven catches for 104 yards against the Chargers. And, like, look, like, he, he could very well do it again. That's what makes this guy so great is that he could have a huge game anytime. And um, the, the age thing that I'm trying to say is just, like, if you just watch, like, the way he wants to play, I feel like there are times where like he's not he's not able to do that. Like there was one catch he had where he got lit up. Um he was like going towards the sideline, made the catch, got hit really hard and then just kind of like stood up and you could tell it kind of rung his bell a little bit. I remember Travis just like getting lit up in the past and immediately standing up and like screaming and pointing for a first down, like the freak that he is. And so just maybe he is getting a little like the, the the tread is starting to show on the tires a little bit. Doesn't mean he can't have a 150 yard game and two touchdowns like he has in the past, but teams are selling out to stop him. And I think that just, that just needs to be said. We still love Travis. Travis is awesome. I want him on the chiefs going forward, but there are some signs that he can be limited.
0: Yep. Yeah, very well said. And you brought up a great point, and we will uh, wrap up this podcast with a little look ahead into this week, Johnny. Folks, listen, we play in three days. We have to go to SoFi to play the Los Angeles Chargers, who have already beaten us one time this year in what is going to be an epic AFC West showdown um, in Southern California. Johnny, this is a big one. Um, the Chargers had a very big win themselves um, this past Sunday. Uh, both teams riding high. This will probably more or less determine the AFC West. Um, wouldn't you think, Johnny?
1: This is a huge game. This is the game. I said last week that this is the game that can like set the tone for the rest of the year. So if you look at the the remaining schedule, the Chiefs, so they got the Chargers right now on Thursday night football. Then they've got 10 days to prepare for their final home game, which is against the Steelers. Um, and, and we've seen Big Ben's struggles. They put up a good fight against the Vikings last Thursday, but um, for the first three and a half quarters, it was miserable for the Steelers. So you've got a reeling Steelers team. Then after that, you go to Cincinnati, a team that's shown some... Good things, but overall, the, the Bengals are still the Bengals, so you can win that game. And then you finish the season at Denver for the divisional game. So this is the big game that can really – I mean, you win this game, there's a very good chance that you win out the rest of the year. The AFC, is, AFC West is yours, and potentially the one seed is yours. And now the same can be said. The exact same thing can be said if you look at the Chargers' side. The Chargers, of course, have the Chiefs, and then their final three games – At Houston, Houston's terrible. Home versus the Broncos, they can win that game. And their final game of the year is at the Vegas Raiders. So, like, both teams have paths to win out. Both teams have paths to the AFC West title. Both teams have paths to the number one seed. This is the big game. And now there's a few things to note here already. This new COVID variant is, like, impacting how teams are going to be able to operate, and it can strike at any time. We've seen today Chiefs wide receiver Josh Gordon, who hats off to him, got his first touchdown catch of the season for the Chiefs on Sunday. Josh Gordon has tested positive for COVID. Um, I don't know his vaccination status, but if he is unvaccinated, he's out for 10 days minimum. If he's unvaccinated, he has to test negatively two times over 48 hours, so like two tests, over 48 hours, both tests administered 24 hours apart. So t- technically, it's you test if you test um, negative or positive today. By Wednesday, he could technically be back and ready to go for Thursday. But here's the big thing: is like who else has he been around? So I'm hoping there's no one else that have gotten COVID on the Chiefs, and hopefully, I won't will that into existence on the Chargers side. They've been battling COVID for over a week. Keenan Allen missed their last game. Keenan Allen is an amazing player and destroys the Chiefs. He missed their last game with COVID. Mike Williams almost, he he had COVID or was positive, and he ended up playing. And then some other players, the same thing too. Today, their rookie left tackle, who uh, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, he's had an amazing season. He's a really good player. He tested positive for COVID. So like they might be without Rashawn Slater. There's other people. COVID is going to play. A big, big factor in this. A couple other things on the Chargers side. Austin Eckler rolled his ankle. They're worried about a high ankle sprain. Coach is saying he's going to be fine, but none. I mean, he hurt his ankle in their last game, and he only has four days before the game. And Mm -hmm. Derwin James didn't play, and he's listed as day-to-day. So, like, there are big factors there, and we don't know if Sneed's going to play for the Chiefs. So, like, both teams are dealing with shit. But both teams have to sack up on Thursday and see who's going to come out on top because I'm telling you right now, like this is the biggest game of the Chiefs season. Previously in the year, there were big games. The whole culmination of the season is really going to take shape based off of what happens in Los Angeles on Thursday night, Chandler. And God, I hope the Kansas City Chiefs win and I hope they kick ass because this defense needs to show up in big games too.
0: Yeah, Um, I completely agree. And I love that you just use this. So I'm going to use this to end the podcast. We got to sack up, people. We got a big one on Thursday. Johnny Rowe and I will be watching the game together. Let's go. Presu- presumably from Coyotes. That's TDD, but we'll talk about it. Regardless, back in Springfield to watch the Chiefs game on Thursday night, people. This has been the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Full Chiefs recap with our boy, Johnny Rowe. Johnny, see you in a couple days, buddy, and I appreciate it as always.
1: Of course, if any listeners want to watch the game with us on Thursday, let's go hang out at
0: Coyotes. Thanks, Chan. Hey, talk to you later, buddy.